Hi guys. Welcome to week three. This week we're going to be talking about devised theater, what it is, sort of, why I chose to get an MFA in it. We're going to be talking about COVID. We're going to be talking about London's Frantic Assembly Theater Company. We're also going to be talking a little bit about my personal creative process. Um, it's a little bit off the cuff this week. Enjoy. Here we are, week three, coming in for the third podcast, but really the first official podcast, I would say. Um, I've got my full setup here. I've got my nice camera. Um, that means I probably won't have like a full video for this one, but it'll be a full podcast. Give you a little more incentive to go visit my podcast. Um, thank you all for the suggestion for that, by the way. I'm very excited. Um to have had such a great response already and I'm hoping that this new format that's a little bit more accessible um, will encourage new listeners and if you are new welcome I'm so excited to have you um, if you don't already you should follow me on Instagram at Abby Mana Cherry uh, no spaces all lowercase um, that's where I'm going to have most of my like question answers it's the place to DM me right now um, I'm working on a new website, so that's in the works. Yay, cross your fingers. Um, but yeah, let's get started. After a week off, wow, I'm so exhausted. Holy moly. Uh, I spent uh, this past week um, in a workshop with London's Frantic Assembly, so thank you to Columbia for arranging that for my cohort and I. It was super fruitful um super wild I've got like a whole new language for ways of working now which is super awesome super is the word of the day <laughs> um but yeah I mean a lot of what we did had to do with like connections um a, a couple of us were on zoom I say us because I got a flu shot on Tuesday and then as a side effect, I got a fever the next day, and then I literally couldn't get into any buildings. I was stuck at home, even though I felt fine, um, which is a little isolating. Um, but for real, though, like props to my grad school for all the hard work that they're doing and really keeping us all in check for that. Um, I'd much rather have been, you know, the person who had to stay home, even though I felt fine than be the person that infected everybody if this wasn't just like a rogue flu shot side effect, which it was. I got COVID tested negative. Big, giant disclaimer here. Um, I can only speak to my own experiences with this and the experience that I've had with my graduate school at Columbia College Chicago because I recognized in this week that um, Columbia's undergraduate school and their graduate school they function a little bit differently um, but as a whole the institution has been in my experience very good at preparing for their students to come back um, really listening to what their students have to say and what their instructors and professors have to say about um, COVID numbers how safe they feel um, so I feel very safe in that aspect and I feel very lucky that I feel that way as I know several of my peers and uh, my sister's peers who don't feel that way about their institutions, which is a huge bummer. Um, 
But yeah, so I did half this workshop um, with London's Frantic Assembly in person. And I say in person, but I really mean like they obviously couldn't come from the UK here to here in Chicago. So they were Zooming um, on a projector from the UK on UK time, um, teaching us for seven hours which is a huge undertaking. I hope they were paid handsomely. I'm sure they were paid an amount. I don't know if it was worth the the wonderful tools they gave us and the time and effort they put into this, but hey, works work. And one of our cohort had to be in West Virginia, so she was Zooming the whole week. And then on Wednesday on, I was on Zoom, and which is a huge strange thing to experience when you're working with a physical theater company and devising to not be in the same room with the people you're devising with um and it was especially rough for me because you know i had the beginning of a lot of devising work and for those of you who don't know what i mean when i say devising um my traditional theater friends my non-theater friends at all friends (laughs) um devising is like a way of writing and creating crafting a show um with just the people you have in the room typically so that's what i'm getting an education in um for my willamette folks it's what we sort of dabbled in um at least during my four years um and my undergraduate cohort um i would say the closest we got to devising was definitely our freshman year show conference of the birds um i've actually I'm very grateful for that experience because it's given me a lot of like vocabulary that I feel like um, some of my cohort are still having to learn, which is very useful. And again, I feel super grateful. But anyway, so what I mean when I say devising is um, you sort of, and it's different for everybody, right? Like it's, it's still, even though it was sort of birthed in the like 50s and 60s, this idea called devising, nobody really has like a set prescription for what it means when they say you're devising, um, at least not in America. Um, there are only two uh, devising MFAs in the entire United States, and I'm at one of them. So if that gives you any of any clue of how uncommon it is here in the United States. Um, and it's super common in Europe. Um, I think that's where, and forgive me, I'm probably wrong, um, but I think that's where it kind of found its birth especially in Germany Germany's huge on devising which is why I'm spending my second year in Berlin learning from German folks how to devise um which I'm super excited for but it's basically like you get a theme um let's say like so like this week our theme was sort of like home connection technology um isolation, separation, togetherness, loneliness, distance, um, those kind of words. And then basically you, a group of performers, and I say performers, not actors or dancers or directors or writers, because the sort of the one key um, to devising is that everybody kind of has a little bit of knowledge that other people don't have. primarily performers so you should feel comfortable like being part of the end product for sure um I'm just 
talking out of my ass here. <laughs> Forgive me. Um, and you sort of explore through movement, through text, through song, um, these themes that you're thinking about. Um, and there are like 8 million different ways to explore. Um, but like this week, Frantic Assembly's method was that they give us a theme and they we would research and develop is what they, the terminology that they used. And you would, let's say, they would say, give us seven movements um, that are indicative of a swipe. And then we would go and we would create these movements and then we would present them and they go, great, now find a partner, teach your movements to that partner, and now you guys have a 14 movement phrase. Um, and then it was like, okay, now you have this 14 movement phrase, what happens if you mix it all up? Or what happens if instead of swiping with your hand, you're leading with your chest? Uh, what happens if your swipes affect your partner? Um, and sort of seeing how that evolves. Um, and then you're basically doing similar things to that. Like some of the things that we did involved like counting, like in dance. So they were like, give us 16 counts um, where count one, your heart leaves your chest and count eight, your heart returns to your chest. And those are the only rules. Um, and then give us the 16 count phrase with only those two rules. Um, and then yada, yada, yada. And then you end up with these like separate but also connected vignettes that you sort of piece together into like like a mixtape into this thing that is cohesive that has structure that you can then perhaps add text to add writing to you could bring a sound designer into the room bring a lighting designer into the room bring a playwright into the room and you all can create something based on this mixtape that you've got from this research and development phase. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, it's pretty specifically like Frantic Assembly's method, but it's very similar to what devising is as a whole. It's sort of like a, here's a proposition. Um, what do you think about it? And what people think about it, they respond to it, and then you, it morphs into something new. Um, you know, improv, I'm in Chicago. Second city, baby. But for real, though, um, it's the perfect place to devise because devising is improv. It's just dramatic improv. It is all this, like, yes and, yes and. But instead of the aim being silly or funny, the aim is less concrete. So it can be silly or funny. Um, but also sadness, happiness, frustration, anger, you name it, anything that like wouldn't feel comfortable on an improv stage is comfortable in the devising world in addition to comedic improv, um, which Columbia also has a major in, I believe, or just comedy. I don't know. They have a comedy thing. It makes sense, Chicago. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's devising in the smallest of nutshells. Um, I'm sure all of my friends who are also divisors have a million different thoughts about this and please send them to me. A big part of why I'm 
why I chose this program because I didn't seek out devising as my terminal degree. I, I was seeking a terminal degree when I applied to graduate school, but I've always, always loved devising. And it's something that when I was in undergraduate, I kept coming back to back to it. Like I, I would talk about that first show that we did over and over again. It was such a defining part of my creative process, a defining part of who I am as an artist. Um, and when I auditioned at Erda's and I talked with Columbia College Chicago, I was like, this is the only program that, you know, feels like home to me. This is the only program that feels like I'm actually going to be getting an education in something that I want. Like I didn't want, and let me first say, there is absolutely value in learning, you know, the basics of or not the basics, you learn the basics under undergraduate, but learning more about the acting process, the writing process, the directing process from an MFA. There's absolutely, absolutely value in a conservatory experience. I, however, don't really thrive in that environment because I get so hyper-focused on the small details that I find myself and I this happened to me at Willamette when we were graduating and people were starting to ask that question what's next what comes next I didn't know because I was so focused on it. I was like well right now I'm I'm making a thesis that's what's next I'm writing this thesis and then when thesis was done I was like well right now I'm like learning how to speak Shakespeare like that's my focus right now I'm in this show right now that's what I'm doing I have this job right out of school that's what I'm doing and so like I can easily find myself in a place where I'm just so self-involved, <laughs> for lack of a better word, that I I can't even begin to imagine the future because I'm so hyper-zoomed in. And that's something that I've discovered about myself. Um, and I mean, really, it's beside the point. The real reason I joined Columbia was because it was the only program that I applied to that really felt like something that was going to propel me into the future and not just give me what I already had um, or a little bit more of what I already had. You know, I was like, I've taken, I've literally like, by the time I finished um all the work that I had to do in 2017, I had taken the Meisner course material at least four times. I was like, I know, I know this like truth stuff. I know this authenticity with the capital A stuff. I know this relationship stuff. And like, there's absolutely value in repetition, pun intended, um, for my Meisner folks. Um, but I was, I'm at a point right now where I'm like, I, that is an area of my education that there aren't really any gaps. Where there are gaps are my feeling at home in my body, in movement. Um, there's gaps in my dance knowledge. There's gaps in my devising knowledge. And the kind of work that I've always wanted to create, the kind of work that I write, the kind of work that I have had the lucky opportunities to direct has all been based in this composition 
um, devising technique um, that I'm slowly turning into, you know, a personal method, um, you know, the method of Abby, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, that's sort of the struggle of trying to to do that in COVID times is real. Going way, circling way back <laughs> to the beginning of all this. Um, but I found that like, you know, there are still ways to connect, even if they don't feel like the right way. And you know, what is the right way? There is no right way. There's no right answer, which is so frustrating to hear <laughs> um, when you're trying to learn. Um, but that's what learning's about, man. It's about exploration, it's about experimentation, it's about discovery. And yeah, this this week's episode is kind of off the cuff, but I've, I'm feeling off the cuff today. And and I have I have a lot on my mind, but I just watched a really freaky movie. <laughs> it was real gross. Ugh, I don't know why I did that to myself. I was like, oh, this looks this looks like something that I'm interested in punching into it wasn't it was awful I'm not even gonna say the name of the movie because don't I don't want to put you through what I just went through but (laughs) all this to say my head's a little scattered um but I'm here I'm happy I'm devising I want to talk more about devising um but I want to do that in a space where I've like actually you know written out my thoughts about it have done a little bit more of it to feel like I have a place to set up a soapbox and stand on, um, to talk to you from. Yeah. You know, other than that, you know, I'm, I'm feeling super valued by my program. I'm feeling really good about myself and my creative process. And, you know, what I wanted from grad school was an experience that was for just me. And I know that sounds so contradictory to what I just said about devising, which is about group work and collaboration. But I think it's really important what Columbia's started doing in trying to help us. And maybe this is just a pro- like a product of the fact that my cohort is so small. There's only four of us, so it's easier to work individually. But I think, you know what is so wonderful about this program is that they're really trying to help us understand, you know, what is your point of view, you know, or not your point of view. What is your way into the process? And, you know, as somebody who is neurodivergent myself, it's most people's way into a process is just that it's one way or a couple ways. For me, it's like I need eight different ways into a process because I don't know what I'm going to be feeling on a certain day. So like one day, music might bring me into the process. Another day, movement might bring me into the process. Another day, nothing might bring me into the process. And that's something that I just have to deal with. But like I'm I'm learning to discover the things that are the my aesthetic, are the aesthetic of Abby. You know, I'm starting to – not even just 
recognize what those things are, but to put names to those things, which is so, so important because you can bring your attention to anything, but if you don't know what it is, you won't remember it. Um, but I'm learning. I'm learning that I'm inspired by what I hear. And it's not like music. Like I'm inspired by the sound of my refrigerator in my kitchen, the like whirr, whirr sound it makes and the sound of the train tracks as the train's about to pull into the station. Like little things like that in addition to music. Um, And I feel like a lot of people respond this way creatively as well and they just don't even realize it because they're things you don't really think about. Um, But I know I'm also, you know, very like something that comes very easy to me is free writing and poetry with no you know end goal so if I tell myself (laughs) if I tell myself oh I have to write a poem about connections and I'm giving myself 30 minutes to do that it's always shit it's never good but if I if I tell myself oh okay I'm gonna give myself five minutes here's some things I'm gonna think about there's no structure just write whatever the fuck you want Abby Um, And I sit down and I find bits and pieces in the chunks that I've written, which is, you know, like all my writer friends are probably rolling their eyes right now. Like, yes, Abby, that's like the number one thing you learn in creative writing. (laughs) But but for me, that's like a big deal. I've never taken a creative writing class. So (laughs) to be able to like find that tool and use it for my own gain is very, very self, um, very gratifying. And I'm really grateful that I'm able to find value for myself in the work that I'm doing and not for anybody else. Um, you know, that was a huge problem I had. Um, up in, I mean, it's something I still struggle with. It's not even past tense. It's a huge problem I have, this like seeking of approval, feeling like I've done a good job. And I don't know where it comes from. I mean, obviously insecurity is the place, but it's – you know, it's a problem seeking validation from other people. Like you're never going to feel good if you're basing your self-worth on what other people think of you. So I'm really grateful that I'm finding value that's just for me. Like I've I've been drawing a lot lately, abstract. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, I shared some of my, um, some of my favorite uh, pictures that I've drawn. Um, but they're like, I'm not going to do anything with them. It's not like I'm turning them into anything. It's just, it feels really good to like make something and be like, that's pretty. And that's all. That's mine. Like, I think I shared like three pictures, but like, those aren't even like, I've, I've like 10 right now, which is huge for me. I used to hate art. Um, so to be able to have something like that for myself is huge. But anyway, that's this week. Thanks for listening to me ramble. Um, I hope it's not too bad. Um, I'm recording in Adobe Audition right now, so I'm actually going to be editing it. What? Wild. Abby's a real sound engineer. Um, (laughs) So hopefully it won't be too rambly for you. Once again, follow me on Instagram at Abby Manicheri, A-B-B-I-M-A-N-O-U-C-H-E-R-I. One word, no spaces, all lowercase. Um, and DM me your thoughts on this episode um, tell me what you think I'm going to have questions um, I'm sure if I do I'll post them um, to my Instagram on my Instagram stories but yeah thanks for being on this journey with me um, 
thanks for waiting a week while I was mentally in the UK. <laughs> um, and I will see you next week um, with another episode. Thank you all so much again. Have a great week.